Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I'm your host, Christian. Joined with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Joseph. Hello. And Jehu. I tried to think of a meta way to do the introduction and nothing came about my head because we're talking about arguably the most meta shit I've watched in a long time. (laughs) She-Hulk. At least... Did we do a, Did we do an episode on like the first three or four episodes? I think we did. I was trying to figure that out. Did we do the first two or the first three? I think we just did the first two. That's what my heart says too. I really got on board with episode three. Whereas when we did this, the first one, I sort of was only partially on board. Yeah, I, I know we didn't know how many episodes there was, or we we probably could have known. We just chose not to because that's kind of our our shtick. But uh, I I know we were discussing whether. The Emil Blonsky thing was going to be the entire show, and it wasn't at all. Right. No. So, yeah, we're talking about She-Hulk, which is over now. Guys, I fucking love this show. I thought it was great. Uh, The ending may have been a little too, like, out there for me, but it wasn't enough to, like, knock me off. I was fucking in on the whole thing. Um, There's a joke about Hulk smashes buildings she smashes fourth walls and sometimes matt murdoch shit that cracked outstanding. me up standing yeah i fucking <laughs> the, the whole like, the whole series would have been worth it just for that joke yeah right. i laugh for like five fucking minutes after that <laughs> shit yeah. um i'm all in give me more jen walters i fucking loved it yeah yeah I, I i'm pretty much the same i i i really liked this a lot you know you talked about the the uh last episode maybe took it a little too far i think it took it just far enough you know, I, I can think of other precedences where shows have done uh, breaking the fourth wall episodes that had no history of that. You know, uh, Northern Exposure did one. Moonlighty's finale was that. So, you know, this one, I you know, it had earned it. It had basically done little bits of it up until that point, And then it just went for it in the last episode. I liked it a lot. I mean, look, I do think the ending kind of hammers home that it's nobody's stories but Jen's Walters. Like, it doesn't really matter the mechanics of anybody else's stuff if Jen Walters can just go fix it whenever she wants to. But I, I also do feel like the fourth wall thing was seated and they had been using it sparingly for most of the, the season. And it was fun to see him just get loose with it. Right. I uh, I mean, we said our thing, so I think we're all better than Transformers. All better than Transformers. Uh, spoilers sure sure i really enjoyed the fact that kevin feige let himself be the butt of the joke but still refused to be in the show right (laughs) he only let himself be a little bit of the butt of the joke yeah he's like i'll let you do it but i'm not gonna and like not even a ball cap like you can't even put a fucking hat on the thing like we're not it would have been so much funnier yeah i'm pretty sure he mandated that they could not (laughs) There was a um, a funny bit, though, that I heard they had talks with Ed Norton for coming back to this show to play. No Bruce way. Man. Yeah. For the I guess the intro, because so much of his movie is based off that 70s show. So, right. Um, but it fell through. Man, I could not have loved something more than that intro. I thought about you the whole time. <laughs> right. Yeah, that I mean, I liked the whole thing, but. The rest of the show could have sucked, and I probably would have given it a better than Transformers just based on that. Yeah. So my question to you, uh, you fellas, is do we love or do we hate? Are we indifferent that the villain of this show is internet fanboy culture? 
Uh, well, so so that, that's I guess that kind of touches on one of the things that I wanted to talk about with this show is I feel like I'm going to use a term that is heavily loaded and I don't feel like is is ever uh, used besides in a derogatory context, but I do feel like this show has a pretty aggressive feminist agenda. Uh, I genuinely, I really do. I I, I feel like. Uh, the showrunners at the start of this, having seen all the shit that's been going on with all the, the female-led, you know, superhero nerd bullshit that's been going on for the last two years, said, it doesn't matter how we couch this. People are going to be mad. They're going to call it feminist horseshit anyway. So why don't we just lean into it? Uh, and I, I don't know. I really like <laughs> I like that they just kind of doubled down. It's like, we're just damned if we do, damned if we don't. So we're just going to do. And fuck you guys. And I, I, yeah, mean, I, def- I definitely feel like making the, the internet fanboys the villains is, is a part of that. I fucking loved it. Like, I, I legitimately, I cannot stand this. I, I, don't even, I don't even like the word toxic. Like, it's just because it, toxic, in my opinion, doesn't really do it, ju- do it justice, which is that the irony in all of this is that you're being childish about a thing for children. Right, um, right. You're you're being, you know, there's all the terms gatekeeping, but truthfully, all it is is you're just being a whiny brat about something that is literally for whiny brats. Right. And um I appreciate that it gets called out, but not just like called out in a statement on Twitter. Like you spent a significant amount of money to make a fucking show that said, "Hey, listen, just shut up. Um, <laughs> that is way more effective than me than like being like, we stand with our actors. Right. That's important, but this is way better yeah, in my yeah. opinion. It's much more effective of a statement. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. I don't feel like this is a particular like brave stance we've taken here. I don't feel like we've really uh, dissected or, or broken down the roots of the issue, but at the same time, why not? <laughs> Give the lady a win. I am. Guys. First of all, I, I agree with everything both of you said, even when you disagreed just now, because I'm like, I'm so sick of the whiny fanboy, but I'm also so exhausted by the process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I keep thinking of this quote from The Silence of the Lambs uh, when, uh, when uh, Hannibal Lecter says, you know, the, uh, when the rabbit screams, the wolf comes running, but not to help. Uh, <laughs> I feel like the rabbit is like inclusivity and equality and the wolf is Disney. Mm. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like I, I, I hate the guys who are mad that she Hulk twerked, but also they were playing exactly the part they were supposed to. Yeah. You know, that was put in there to make those dudes mad, to make those dudes go on the internet and complain about it, and to make engagement to give free publicity for the product. And, you know, if you're a dude like that, if you're a guy sitting in your basement who's pissed off about this show, the best advice I can give you is the next one. Just shut the fuck up. Well, her, well I was just saying, what's so good about that opinion, though, is what's and what people did not realize at the time is Disney put that intentionally in there for them to whine and complain because they were they were showing you who the villain was five episodes. Episode. Right, right, totally. I like, mean, one hundred percent. It was set up. You were part of the plot of the show, whether mm-hmm. you realized it or not. But also to your point, I don't know that I always like or feel good about 
when a major corporation or whatever takes these stances because I know they don't believe it. Right. I mean, that's kind of, that's her, you saying that kind of uh, 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 takes some of the wind out of my sails because, you know, one of the things I like to get is is kind of this idea of, of, you know, double down, fuck the people who are mad about it, whatever. But the idea that, oh, you know, this. I uh, I mean, I would say 100% fuck the people who are mad. No, no, for for sure. But the, but the the idea that, uh, instead of that just being a bold creative choice, it is, you know, just kind of capitalizing on the outrage culture that is what drives people to content these days is fucking. I mean, I think you're absolutely right, but it also kind of makes me a little sad like when, I, there, when I think about it. If there was, if we release She Hulk season two tomorrow uh, and there was no outrage about it, Disney would shit their pants in pants. <laughs> you're so like, right. Like, cause this is, this is part of how things are promoted now. And, and, you know, even though there's a side of it, I am definitely on, I'm also just exhausted by it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's that said, but one more thing uh, about She-Hulk twerking in particular, anybody out there who says that She-Hulk, you know, would never twerk. I assure you, I have read more She-Hulk comics than you. And I assure you that if, Twerking was a thing in 1992. John Byrne would have had her do it for an entire fucking issue. <laughs> well, that's so like, isn't there, um, there are like times where, especially when he was in charge, that the character of She-Hulk like breaks the fourth wall and talks directly to him in the comic. And I thought that was a really fun, like her doing it to Kevin Feige in the show was like a really 100%. fun callback to that. You know, I mean, probably his most memorable issue was the naked jump rope issue, which a lot of people look back on as being super sexist and stuff like that. But in actuality, it would totally fit in as an episode of this show because the entire issue is a commentary on, you know, fanboy like sort of sexualization of of comic characters. I mean, like to change gears a little bit. Here. I was about to say we, we we went in we went in the deep end on this one. I don't know how we're gonna dig back out into the, the <laughs> yeah, I guess there wasn't details. a good segue out of that. <laughs> I'm just changing it. How do we think Jen fits in with the rest of the MCU now? Because I don't think there's gonna be a She-Hulk season two. I just think she's gonna be like. I think it sounds like this fucking new Captain America movie is a Hulk movie. So like, my my question to you is, how does a character that yeah like breaks the fourth wall and just stops into Kevin Feige's office and changes things? How does she fit in? It's funny because that actually does sort of go back to what I was just saying in that when she was doing those really fourth wall breaking comics, she was also like in the Fantastic Four and the Avengers and things like that. And when she was in those comics, she just didn't break the fourth wall. Mm. I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna make a bet right now that no one will bet against me. That there's going to be a scene in a future Marvel movie where Deadpool turns and speaks to the audience, and She-Hulk says to him, "You see them too." <laughs> that seems highly likely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I hope you're wrong about that, Christian, because I really like I really like the show, and I don't necessarily want. Not that I don't think that she would fit in well with other characters, but I just I think. You know, she is is plenty enough to uh, to carry the story. I just um, really hope there's more because there were episodes I liked more than others, and I would have liked to have seen more of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, the episode where she fights the demon. To me, the demons. That was the one that I wanted more episodes to be like, where it was a courtroom case led to superhero hijinks. 
it is why we talked about this in episode you know we talked about episode one and two but it is wild that these guys do not know how to write a courtroom uh, a drama despite the fact that they took on the show it's not that hard guys it's not it's not about the law you just write a little sermon you know it, and I, it's just got to loosely tie into whatever the case and it doesn't matter what the actual law is i i feel like there's got to be a, a some people out there who wrote some alan beale episodes that are looking for work I, they have sure. the inroads they know alan beale's on-screen boyfriend and off-screen husband i feel like I don't know. Maybe I'm just really hopeful, but I hope that's more Daredevil Born Again than Daredevil Netflix. Well, um, 100%. We haven't even talked about that. How fucking cool was Daredevil? So cool. I mean, look, so cool. I don't I don't love the costume, uh, but I, I love pretty much you. everything else. Fuck you. I, fuck love, you. I love the costume. <laughs> but the thing is, that costume is not supposed to look great. Yeah. You I know? mean, he is blind. Right. <laughs> I I definitely hope that Daredevil is born again in name only, since we already did the born again story in Daredevil season three. And I know this is a reboot, but let's just not do something we already did. again. But I, I loved him in this show. Obviously, Di- Disney had a better budget than uh, Netflix because the action with him looked a lot better, a lot more jumping flipping around still got to do his hallway fight i was about to say they definitely uh, they definitely uh kind of heightened him whereas the the netflix daredevil i think is supposed to be very like grounded right uh, what you know, he's, he's a little bit more enhanced i would say right. in this one uh, netflix which I, daredevil could just get his ass kicked by a guy or absolutely just like, you're gonna have to call in like spider-man to kick his ass also, Charlie Cox is sexy as shit in this. He is. I, you know, I, I never felt anything but boredom towards him when I watched the Netflix show, but he's like, he's handsome, he's charming, he's got that little smirk he does. It's like, oh, damn, I'm kind of in it too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, apparently he looked all right when you turn the lights on. Yeah, I guess you know, that's so. That's not always the case. <laughs> I, I think the big thing is he looks like he's actually having fun. That's also that. true. Right. <laughs> I mean, obviously, Charlie Cox loved playing that character. Like, it's right. certainly his want and willingness and the way that he always, like, connected with the people who campaigned for him to return to the role. It seems like he likes playing that guy. But it also seems like this is the version of Daredevil that he wanted to play. Right. Well, yeah, that was news. great. I, th- I think he'll get to play more of it. Yeah. What did we think about uh, the Hulk's son? Dude, Scar <laughs> looks stupid as fuck in this. He- he looks so bad. That's a pretty yeah. cool character that they just turned into like a Beavis and Butthead joke or something. I don't know if it's because there's like no one cast and they just went with like the most generic looking Hulk person face possible. I, I um, also feel like this is nerd baiting situation in the sense that like, I don't know this, but just anecdotally, all of the, the toxic nerd people I know, just they just want Planet Hulk, man. Just Planet Hulk. And the idea of just like, throwing away one of like the main characters that as like an off joke at the end of this uh, series is I think pretty great. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't actually know that it's fucking real. Like I don't know yeah, that yeah, we'll yeah. ever <laughs> see him again. So the the big rumor is that Captain America New World Order is basically it seems like leading to World War Hulk or is a World War Hulk movie, which feels kind of shitty for Sam Wilson, but Obviously, the leader's coming back. Rumors, he's the villain. Uh, it seems like both Bruce and Jen will be in it. Uh, Harrison Ford was confirmed yesterday to be Thunderbolt Ross, so probably getting Red Hulk in there. 
I don't know where how this character fits already like with all of that like that's a lot of fucking people and i get that maybe there was a comic presence i'm saying on screen i don't get the fucking point right Right. also i feel like this is disney's opportunity to i don't know if be less racist but at least be more racially equitable in the sense that i know there are people who are mad like why is black panther the only superhero that can like actually just die um, you know, not, not like doing some kind of cosmic infinity stone related thing, but just die. Uh, and I, I don't think that's a, a, an unfair point, but like Thunderbolt Ross was definitely like your, I feel like your scapegoat to be like, Oh, he can die too. Right. Uh, because who cares? <laughs> but no, I guess he's got to come back. Thunderbolt Ross is fucking essential. I mean, there are other Hulk characters in Hulk canon who could have just stepped into his spot. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, I'm I am glad, uh, and this is something I kind of want to do an episode on. But uh, I am glad at the very least they did just go ahead and recast him and not make some inhuman computer monster of William Hurt to look awkward in three scenes. I mean, yeah, that's super that would be fair. terrible. <laughs> I just yeah, I don't want to get off topic here. I fucking Harrison Ford is mind boggling to me. Am I excited to see it? For sure, I am. I just don't get it as a business decision. I think he'll have a nice looking mustache. No, I'm sure his mustache is going to be cool as fuck. And he'll finally get to play a character as grumpy as him. Yeah. Do we, can, you I, imagine, can you imagine trying to get Harrison Ford into one of those dot suits? <laughs> I would pay. I would pay a thousand of my own dollars to just watch footage of somebody trying to I talk mean, him into wearing one of those. 100%. If you put the movie that that happened in, in one theater and just footage of that in the theater next door to it, but charge twice the price, there's no way I wouldn't pick that second. <laughs> I don't know why this made me think of this, but uh, how fucking good is Tatiana Maslany in this show? Like, she's fucking great. I mean, really excellent. She's great, and she's exactly what carries the parts that don't work. You know, when the CGI is bad, who gives a shit? Because she's charming. And that's the thing, like, I don't feel like there have been a lot of shows so far that have been, like, capable of being carried on a one man. Like, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, I think the the Captain America uh, winners at a a Falcon Winter Soldier was on the relationship between Sam Wilson and and Bucky, uh, which I think works. They have a fun dynamic. It wasn't the best show, but it's fine. Right. Uh, You know, uh, Loki was definitely Loki and Owen Wilson. It wasn't. 100% 100% for for sure like that's definitely like the strength of it uh she doesn't need somebody to play off of. she's very good on her own right uh I, I think I I hope they recognize that that is a, a valuable uh commodity going forward because they don't have a lot of people with the same kind of star power I feel like they had in uh you know the earlier uh what do we call these fucking things not seasons phases, phases. phases. thank you yeah no I totally agree with that it's maybe a bit worrisome, actually. It is a little bit worrisome. <laughs> yeah. Anything else on She-Hulk? No, it fucking rocks. Watch it. It's yeah, really good. I, I, I can't wait to see more of this character. I hope there's more seasons of this show, or at least more seasons of a show featuring her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you haven't watched it, go out and watch it right now. It's on Disney+. Plus. They're thir- like 20. They're not even 30 minutes. They're like 25 minutes. It's fucking great. Right. So cool. That's She-Hulk better than Transformers. What have we been watching the past week, guys? I have watched nothing. I went on vacation. Oh, yeah. How was uh, your cruise? I went on a cruise. I went on uh, Disney's newest ship, The Wish, and it was very relaxing. 
Uh, I got, I bought a pass to go to the spa, the adults only spa on Saturday for my wife and I, uh, adults only spa better than transformers. There is the Disney wish is, uh, different than a lot of cruise ships in that, uh, there are three different restaurants that are themed and you rotate them every night. Um, so the first night is worlds of Marvel, which is an Ant-Man themed restaurant and it kind of blows, um, <laughs> The food is fine. It wasn't great. The Ant-Man show that's like interactive um, mysteriously brings back Ultron. Ultron's alive and well in the MCU somewhere, I guess, (laughs) which is fine by me because I love that character, but doesn't explain it. It's fine. Um, It just the whole thing was not it didn't hit for me. It was it was okay. But uh, the second night you go to a restaurant. I went to a restaurant called Arendelle, which they do a life like dinner performance of frozen while you're eating this shit kicks for me hits on all cylinders. I fucking love that one. That was great. Um, the last night is uh, like Gatsby theme and it was okay. There's no thing special about it. Food was pretty good. Um, the only thing I else I will add anyway, is that um, I've been on other cruises and there's of course cruise ship entertainment. And generally I believe that I am a better musician than everyone I've ever seen on a cruise ship. Uh, I did not feel that way about this one. The shows, there was um, an original show and then there was um, Aladdin and there was um, Little Mermaid. All of them were pretty good. Uh, And uh, the people who like just sit around the cruise ship playing piano and playing guitar and shit were all pretty talented. Um, So I drank a lot of alcohol. I... Um, got a massage and I spent like 12 hours in a spa. I felt very relaxed. I slept on a variety of chairs. It was a great time. (laughs) I mean, I mean, look, Christian, I know you and I know more than most that if you go to college for music, your three options are perform, which is a very, very small percent, uh, teach, which is a very, very large percent or cruise ships. <laughs> yeah, I got asked in college. It's funny you should say that. I got asked to be in a, in a cruise ship band when I was it's, in college, and I said the, no. It's the only three options. <laughs> yeah. But it did make me think, this made me think about it, because I was like, well, fuck, if I can do it on this, like, this is a pretty luxurious little gig here. Uh, but, yeah, good times. Oh, and the Star Wars bar, unfortunately, kind of sucks. I didn't even, Aww. like, get a drink. I wasn't very impressed with it, but. So, yeah, that's it. Disney Wish, better than Transformers. Hurt. On this show before, uh, you know, I've talked about a, a, uh, a documentary series on Vice called uh, The Dark Side of the Ring. It's, you know, basically about, uh, you know, horrible things that have happened in wrestling, shady things that have happened in wrestling. Uh, there's, it's, it's the biggest hit that Vice ever had, but it's, for some reason, there's some question as to whether or not it's going to come back, but they're they're currently doing sort of a spinoff show called Tales of the Territories, which is essentially, uh, you know, the days before the WWF and Vince McMahon destroyed the territories, uh, you know, each region had their sort of own pre- wrestling promotion and their own local stars. And there's guys that sort of would tour the various ones and they trade talent, stuff like that. But um, they've only done two episodes so far. The uh, and they've both covered the the Memphis uh, territory, uh, mainly known for being the home of Jerry the King Lawler. Uh, you know, most people know Jerry the King Lawler is just talking about tits on commentary on WWE. But he, uh, you know, in his time, 
he was the most over good guy in his territory. People just fucking loved that dude in, in Memphis. The first episode is, you know, totally just an overall overview of the uh, of the Memphis territory. And it's okay. But the second episode is the one that's really great because it covers the Jerry the King Lawler, Andy Kaufman feud. Mm, uh, you know, most people have a vague knowledge of this, of that at one point, inexplicably to all his friends in Hollywood, Andy Hoffman decided to wrestle. He went to Memphis and started doing a gimmick where he was the intergender champion and he would <laughs> wrestle women. <laughs> and, uh, and it's it's fucking hilarious. And it was during the time where people didn't know that wrestling were staged. So people would lose their fucking mind over this shit. They would riot. Uh, you know, still the most uh, well-known clip David of David Letterman ever is where Jerry the King Lawler uh, slaps Andy Kaufman. And this episode's the story behind all of that. And everybody should really check it out. It's very, very well done. Cannot recommend it highly enough. That's it. That's what I, got. I know you told me about the Andy Kaufman thing before, but I had totally forgotten about that. And it's very funny. <laughs> I mean, even if you don't watch this episode, it's really fun to look up clips of that because he's just, he's so into it. <laughs> That's the way he said, Memphis, Tennessee, when he's making fun of yeah. it, I just love more than anything. Outstanding. Kurt, isn't this also one of like the bajillion things The Rock has produced? Correct. Yes. The Rock and uh, I forget someone else, some other wrestler went into partnership with the Dark Side of the Ring guys to produce this. And The Rock does like a voice intro. I'm assuming when we get to the WWF territory, they'll probably, The Rock may do some actual on screen appearance. But so far, we haven't seen that. Yeah. Uh, I don't have too much. Sorry, the whole fall season of anime, uh, which I'm sure I'll talk about the good ones. Uh, at some point, uh, but they did. I say it's a new one, but they they come out like every six months or so. There's a new Gundam show, uh, which anybody who's you know uh, inexplicably unfamiliar with the concept, it's the the show where people get in giant robots and fight other people in giant robots. Uh, if you've seen Pacific Rim, it's because Guillermo del Toro at some point in his life watched a Gundam show. One hundred percent. There are other shows, but it's just it's the the longest, most running, most storied one. Uh, in existence. Uh, well, it also like Pacific Rim really matches Gundam for drama. Yeah, you know well, what I'm and, saying. And like so the same amount of melodrama. It's very equal. And so that's what I, I want to talk about. I because I, I you know I first watched uh, Gundam Wing on Toonami like everybody else as a kid, right. and I was like super into the robot fights. Uh, and then you know as an adult, like let's go. You know I'm going back to all the other things that I enjoyed as a kid. Let's watch Gundam, and it's amazing to me how boring they can make giant robot fights. Uh, <laughs> it's so much fucking dry space politics all the time. <laughs> and like, I get that. It, like, the, <laughs> I get that they're trying to like make a point, I guess, you know, like it, it's like come for the giant robots and stay for the political intrigue and right. commentary on war, maybe. Uh, but I did just come for the giant robot fights. It's right. just, I don't know. It's amazing to me how consistently Every single Gundam show I've ever watched is super fucking boring, uh, despite giant robots with laser swords. So that brings me to the, the, the new one uh, that's come out is, is Gundam something, maybe Witch from Mercury, I think is what it's called. Something along that line. But it's essentially just Ender's Game, but with Gundams and gay. And so far, it's been really fun. Right. <laughs> 
So, uh, you know, if you've never watched a Gundam show, uh, I, I as early, it's only three episodes in, I think. But if you've never watched a Gundam show uh, and, and uh, you're kind of interested, don't watch any of the other ones because they're all fucking suck. Uh, <laughs> just start with this one and hope it goes well. <laughs> I was just going to say, instead, just watch Neon Genesis so you can determine if we should all die and if teenagers should be fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say a YouTube show I've recommended on here before called Toy Galaxy. Yeah. They have two episodes on Gundam and specifically about how it came to America and how sort of we sort of started with a season that was not like it usually is. It was more like super giant robots instead of the grounded giant robots of uh-huh. Gundam. And uh, those two episodes are worth watching if you're, you're interested in Gundam. They're pretty fun. I had a shit ton of Gundam models as a kid, so I probably would be interested in that. <laughs> uh, Man, the, the shit when Gundam was at its height on like Toonami and shit, just the sheer volume of Gundam shit you could find everywhere was just so overwhelming. I really do miss that. <laughs> uh, you bring up YouTube. One of the things I wanted to follow up on, I talked a couple weeks ago about just the my YouTube algorithm as a whole. What I've been watching besides uh actual tv shows just sitting on my phone scrolling to through youtube shorts which is mostly how i've watched about i think roughly 60 percent of house of the dragon <laughs> um which you know I, I enjoy the little clips i get but i don't really want to watch the show uh but the thing that's I, i've uh, amazing to me is i've started as a rule anytime joe rogan appears in any capacity on my my shorts i no longer just scroll by i go in i click do not recommend channel uh and and the amazing thing to me on both accounts is i still you know i've been doing this for weeks now i would say three to five times a day have to remove a channel that's trying to recommend me joe rogan so i'm (laughs) concerned about two things one just how much youtube thinks i'm gonna fucking love joe rogan uh but two how many fucking channels are just fucking (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> copying clips from Joe Rogan and right. posted them on YouTube. <laughs> Both are Listen, kind of staggering like, to me. Love, love him or hate him. It may be a great way to make a book off YouTube. It might be. <laughs> anyway, that's what I've been watching. So we, we should fucking talk about this when we have more than two minutes left at our fucking free Zoom session. But I, I wanted October to be like themed like it usually is for, you know, horror shit because we're bad at doing horror stuff anyway. But next week, I think is our episode 200. Oh, uh, oh shit. It's kind of incredible that we've made it this far. So we might try to do something, you know, a little different. If you have any ideas uh, or you, the listener at home, have any ideas, send them in. You've got a short amount of time. But thanks, everybody, for listening. Please rate, subscribe, tell your friends about the podcast. If you have any thoughts about She-Hulk, uh, if they're positive... Tell us about it. If they're not, just get on Twitter. Do you want to tell us your thoughts about She-Hulk or you want to uh, give us recommendations for our 200th episode or any episode? Uh, you can reach us uh, at realphonies at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at realphonies on Instagram, real underscore phonies. Thanks to Zach Evans for our and Brian Velasquez for our theme. We'll see you guys later. Bye.